0: What's up guys, welcome back to the side podcast. As always, we are your hosts, Rob and Bubba. Bubba, how are you doing this week, man?
1: What's up, Rob? I'm so excited to record this episode with you. My week has been a week, and I am so thankful that we have this time together, that I get to hang out with one of my best friends, Robbie Nickel, and record for the AmSide podcast. I'm excited for tonight's episode, and I'm sure you're going to let everyone know why.
0: Nice. Well I'm I'm struggling through this episode, not gonna lie. I've just uh we had a we had a delayed Valentine's dinner. We didn't do it yesterday <laughs> it today. That gives away when we're recording. But Domino's is always a bad idea after you've ordered Domino's.
1: It's it such so a good much. idea beforehand, right? You're like, do you know what? I'm i yeah. s- I'm so excited for this meat this garlic bread, these cookies. And then you chow I... down and
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited. Even so we were like I was excited for how sensible we're being. It's like, no, we don't need two large pizzas each. Let's get the <laughs> Large pizza and two sides and a dessert meal because you get more variety. Even that, I am just, I'm 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 over carb right now. You know, um, are you feeling nappy
1: right now? Do you, do you kind of want to I'm go for feel, a lie I'm, down?
0: I'm feeling a little bit nappy.
1: Yeah, we, uh, Rob, we tell we, the world we what, can go for what, a sleep. What, what's your Domino's order?
0: What? Uh, I mean, the wife's a pescatarian, so today we just Ooh. went for margarita. Ooh. I do like the uh, the absolute banger. It's got all the different sausages. That's yeah. good. Uh, the meteor. It's a classic. Classic
1: you have to
0: but you know what i quite enjoyed having just the margarita it was, you know, it's basic it's a bit boring but it what, does the job
1: what base would you go for for the margarita that's just normal base stuffed grass maybe standard ketchup base
0: come come at me in the comments that's absolutely fine but you know what sometimes taking it back to basics that's how we do there's a reason beyonce is doing a country album you know the, <laughs> the, the basics the old school you know everyone goes back to it
1: that's where music started bro
0: Exactly that. Uh, speaking of starting things, let's start this podcast. Um, we have got an episode for you. I was going to add an adjective in there, uh, okay. but it's an episode. Uh, let's say a great episode. Um, it's a bit of a short mini one, though. Uh, we have got Peter Green and uh, Paul Johnson from Ledgestone. So A.K.A. Teams. AKA teams. Uh He's been on the show before. One of my favourite episodes ever to record. Uh, They're coming back on, and they're letting us know what's happening in the world of Ledgestone. Obviously, everyone knows Ledgestone is a now two-year partner of the podcast. We love hearing the exciting news and events that Ledgestone are doing. So the guys are coming by, they're swimming by, and they're going to sort of give us an overview of 2024, what we can expect. And we've got a drop on the horizon. Uh, So that's really exciting, and we're going to talk about that, I'm sure. But before that, you know, they're going to join us in a minute, but... The podcast is plagued with injury, Bubba. i us start <laughs> with you. The elbow, how are we doing?
1: Hey, Robert, it's 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 getting better. Like, so when we last spoke about it, certainly when I first put it on the podcast, it was maybe five or 10%. I could barely lift uh, a dinner plate or a mug for a drink. So um, right now, I went out throwing this week, um, throwing putters and approaches from about 50 metres. Super slow, super nice. And I was out today um, and I could throw some drives at like, 60 70 percent. So, I'm nice, I'm, I'm a pretty happy boy. No flicks, no forehands. Oh my goodness, don't do that! That really hurts. Um, but it's it's all picking up uh, a lot of training on it, a lot of a lot of stretching and, and a little bit of weight work and a little bit of mobility. Um, uh, but it is getting better, and I'm excited to go throw again soon. But that's not going to be anytime soon. I'm I'm not playing the quarry park winter open this weekend. Uh, My first one is probably going to be me ass. Um, How about yourself, Rob? You are dealing with a broken, cracked, broken cracked rib. I mean, aren't they the same thing?
0: Tell us more. Uh, I think a cracked rib is not as severe as a broken rib. It looks pretty broken in
1: that picture, Rob.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now I've got a, uh, I feel really bad about that because I basically, it's cracked, but I haven't had a, a an x-ray on it no that was so, it that's
1: your picture that don't <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: no no i, I i'm 100 transparent well like an x-ray but no that is that is just a x-ray of a cracked rib i have a cracked rib but for, that was for illustrative purposes you know i should have put maybe an asterisk saying illustrative purposes not I've really my insights <laughs> i've had people message me saying oh my god that looks awful and i'm thinking oh my what have I picked like a really bad x-ray like I feel really bad I feel like I'm misleading um no I I don't want to gaslight anyone you know but I do have a cracked rib um the most annoying thing about this cracked rib is I was trying to push through it um so we spoke on the podcast about new year's resolutions Mm. push-ups every day I was smashing it my February goal Mm. was to do a thousand push-ups in February I was pushing through it and I was convincing myself that 40 50 push-ups day weren't hurting but at the end of the day my rib was feeling a bit sore you know it's feeling a bit spicy the wife has said to you know give it a few days see if it stops hurting and miraculously not doing (laughs) push-ups means my ribs not hurting at the end of the day which sucks for two reasons because one that means i can't do my new year's resolution goal but you know what that's fine i'll bounce back I'll i'll get on it um I and mean, the main reason it sucks is that my wife was right again. Um so <laughs> Hey Rob, so um,
1: some people yeah. are sent here to look after us and Hattie has been sent here to look after you. Uh because we do have boyish tendencies that, that that tend to lean on the side of stupid. You know what I mean? So all the all the more for people trying to protect us, I'm all for that. Um and that's why that's why that's why we all love your wife, you know?
0: <laughs> I mean I was up for getting padded up and going and playing a lacrosse game. <laughs> <laughs> that's also a no no. So um yeah, we've uh, we've been firmly told that's a no. Uh, but you know what? We, we're feeling good. It doesn't necessarily hurt. It's not like I'm seething in pain every single minute. Uh, the one thing... My main goal is to get to Quarry Park on the 3rd of March. It's my first tournament. It's a one-dayer. Because it's a one-dayer, if I get to that point and it's really not quite where I want it to be, I I, I will be okay with saying, you know what, let's give it another few weekends. The 17th of March is where... I've got the two-dayer, it's the Rick Taylor Memorial at Manchester. I need to be at that event. Yeah. Like, just for my own personal sanity, I need to play that event. Um, so that's my goal. You know, yeah. the third, that could be a stretch goal. If this was a Rob Nicol Kickstarter, stretch goal, the third, but we've got the 17th to aim for. 100%. So, yeah, until then, it's just uh, get fat, eat dominoes. And dominoes and no exercise. push-ups,
1: baby. Let's <laughs> oh, Yeah, boy. Yeah. I'm not sure about you, but the, the, the Quarry Park events um, – are really cool because they're, they're basically warm up events but the Rick Taylor for me it's where everything really kicks off with the BDJ 2024 tour. I'm not sure if you're if are you you're say, playing the Rick Taylor I am indeed yes
0: oh let's go there's nothing better mainly because it's I'm bad at communicating with my friends there's nothing better than <laughs> signing up to an event and finding out people that I like are playing that event yeah. as well now I think I'm playing there's a flex start on the Friday before the, the Friday before because I think there's two spots up for grabs. The people that didn't get in that through cool. the initial registration. Yeah. Now Chris Brown, Brown Town, first time we mentioned him on the podcast this year. He <gasps> was too slow on the uh, on the button. He didn't get in. But uh, so he's playing the flex start. He's coming up to Manchester to play it. I'm going to go and obviously it's a flex start. We'll play around together, and uh, I'm sure there'll be a good amount of razzing. But obviously I want him to get into the tournament because. You know, if I beat him on a casual round, that's one thing. But I want to yeah. beat him at the tournament. You know, every he... if,
1: if you beat him at flex start to deny him the entry to the tournament, even better.
0: <laughs> I, I feel like it'd be my duty that if I was beating him the flex start, just to DNF for the from the flex start. Yeah. Uh, but the Or would it matter because I've already got my spots? So would it not trickle down? Oh, Who knows? okay. Yeah. Is it like USDGC? You know, you can't get more than one spot. You can't get a couple other, of invites. That, that make
1: the most sense. And do you know what? Harry is a very intelligent human, so I'm probably very aware that he's built this in already to the SplexTart qualifier. So I'm um, I'm pretty pumped that we get to start doing tournaments like this because that is a fun story. And I hope Browntown gets in. He's he's one of my favourite people to play with, and we're always either in chase 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 card or royal league card together. So I can't wait. It's gonna be fun.
0: Fingers crossed for Chrissy B um it's, it's actually a thing i'm doing um everything he posts on instagram i don't know if he listens to the uh AMSAL or not so if he does he'll know the context now everything he posts on instagram i comment chicken nugget energy <laughs> now for no reason whatsoever it's just i did it once and i thought it'd be funny to keep doing it however uh eric oakley said that he had chicken nuggets for his first ever race, so maybe chicken nugget energy is a thing
1: um like the for it.
0: Maybe the Ansad effect, maybe chicken nugget energy and the Ansad effect are somehow mm. related. Who knows? Um, but that is to be decided. You know. But that flex start. There's one thing that you can be guaranteed, and that's I will be going with a box of chicken nuggets to fuel Chris to play his absolute best. I'm about it. Some, there's something about chicken nuggets they're
1: delicious. I'm not sure about anyone else. They are just chicken offcuts melted into something that looks like a boot. And deep fried. <laughs> they are tasty, Rob. I can't help Dude, myself. I love a nug. I oh, love, I love, a, love nug. a little nuggy. What are we uh, talking
0: sauce-wise? You're talking ketchup, barbecue sauce, sweet and sour? Cool.
1: We are going into tangent town right now. Um, I can't have too much barbecues. Love a barbecue sauce. Can't have too much of it because it's sweaty. It tastes like sweaty man. Uh, I love a garlic aioli. Oh, I'm in. I'm Ooh, dipping. Nice. I'm dipping for days. Uh, what McDonald's
0: my- are you going to? they going to... Garlic aeolian? I, t- I
1: take my own rub. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm packing. Uh, You've got favorite... like
0: a, a Batman utility belt of different sauces. <laughs> love it. Oh,
1: wow. <laughs> uh, my, my favorite would be my, my favorite sauce or just like want to put on anything is honey mustard. A good honey mustard sauce. I, I haven't found a good one yet, but love a good honey mustard.
0: You've uh, given me PTSD there because Subway <laughs> discontinued their honey mustard. And my my go to order, Subway, was Italian BMT <laughs> and herbs and cheese. With honey mustard, yeah, and they got rid of the Italian BMT. They haven't; they've renamed it, but it's not I the think... same. They've got yeah, it's called the Italian stack. Like they've renamed the BMT, oh. so but I don't get oh. to order the BMT. Oh, I they've, don't get the honey mustard. Some guy was like, everything. "Oh, you can try the." Yeah, some guy was like, "Oh, you can try the sweet and sour. It's the same." I was like, "It's not the same. Sweet and sour is not honey mustard." What are you talking yeah,
1: about? Yeah, completely agree. I would have panicked.
0: Honestly, it's a uh, it was you a dark a... day. Well,
1: Did you end up getting the messiest sub in the world and that's just Meatball Mariana? You'd have been like, oh, it's everywhere.
0: I've got a rule with Meatball Mariana. It's If I'm sitting in, I'll get the Meatball Mariana. If I'm taking away, there's
1: no chance. I care about about my clothes. Not even (laughs) clothes. I need to be naked and driving to eat eat a Meatball Mariana on the road. Like, There's no way I'm eating that and I'm clean afterwards.
0: It's so, like, hey guys, why is Bubba naked squatting in the garden? <laughs> oh, he's, e- he's eating a meatball sub. Okay, <laughs> that makes sense. Anyway, we are getting off on way too much of a tangent. Like we said, we've got an awesome guests, well, oh, guests this week in Pete and Paul. So why don't we just invite them in and have a chat? Paul and Pete, welcome to the Anside Podcast. Now, Paul, we'll just quickly cover some bases. You are Paul Slash Teebs, aka Paul Johnson. We're going to call you Paul, because if everyone's listened to the last episode, we know that we've gone into great detail around name preference and origin of nickname. So, sure. Paul, welcome back to the show. Now, we had thoughts that your last episode is going to sort of be aimed towards the design nerd, uh, but we had such a great response The so many people were so fascinated by the sort of the world of disc design. So that was definitely one of the, uh, the highlights of 2023 um so it's awesome to have you back how are you doing yeah
2: no i'm do- I'm doing great it was a we had a very long and fruitful episode last time um and i hope to to do the same today we we i think we have a little bit more focus as to kind of the things we're going to talk about and we've made some big ground big plans for for 2024 and we're excited to get into it
0: awesome well fun uh fun little segment i'm working with a british disc golf at the moment he wants to sort of Kind of work through his branding a little bit and sort of get a sort of a consistent visuals across all of his social media. So I said, go out there, get some inspiration of stuff that you like in the disc golf world, and like sixty percent is your stuff. So <laughs> clearly, clearly you found an audience. I said, okay, this sure. is it was it's actually a call out about twenty minutes ago. I said this is quite funny because I'm chatting to him in about twenty minutes, Um and then of course we haven't just got one guest; we're also joined by Peter Green now. People, if you don't know Peter Green, you may have seen him, obviously, I would say star of the final round, Shelly Sharp, twenty twenty four. 24 <laughs> Yeah, baby! Is, is that, is that uh, fair to say? <laughs> uh,
3: I would hope people don't remember me for that, and I will be back <laughs> on camera to get my revenge. But yeah, I I got the final round of Shelly Sharp. Uh, actually, other there's some other rounds on camera of me, some Amnats, Amworlds, but yeah, I'm the forehand guy. Everyone knows me for the, for the big forehand. The yeah. absolute monster
0: <laughs> and of and of course if you follow ledgestone you're the dude basically yeah throwing the crazy far you're the guy who flips up a zone S with ease uh you're that dude um, well i don't know about
3: that that's that's a little crazy but yeah i i, <laughs> I throw a lot of four hands and and they come out very fast out of my hands so yeah
0: that's me very quick ag i don't know if it's just the amateur disc golf scene in america if it's just you but the one round we played together it was like a straight shot and you are like, cool, Zone OS ace. And you threw it and it went in. And I was like... Oh, yeah. You can't just casually call aces like that. That's not okay.
3: Dude, that was such a sick shot too. That was soft Zone OS and it was a skip shot. And what was that? Was that Northwood gold that was blue was blue, it, it blue? Was,
2: was yeah that, like, blue generate,
0: something like that yeah that was dude that was with zero celebration you were like yeah sounds right and then just walked off i'm like well, <laughs> well no guys can we just come back here and guess what just happened that's not yeah. okay and we filmed anyway. that
2: one or no did that one
3: make the <laughs> no that we didn't film that did one it? we were literally just having fun and i was like i'm gonna just do
1: it and i did it so yeah. i'd be running down the hole taking all my clothes off so congrats, <laughs> congrats for holding back on it you know yeah <laughs>
0: I mean, actually, that round, uh, we were playing with Sully as well, Sully Tipton, and he picked my uh, DGA studies at the basket, and he was like, man, they feel nice. And I was like, yeah, you should you should with them. And the dude's now DGA, so I'm not saying <laughs> that I'm purely. Yeah, it's it's not purely, you know, my doing, the fact is we're DGA now, but we were, we'll we skim <laughs> over that pretty quick. Yeah. But guys, you are here to talk about the 2024 season when it comes to ledger and what we're doing, but before we dive into... Some of the incredible stuff that you guys have got lined up for the year. Last week we had Chris Clemens. Now Chris is newly team Edgestone. He's super excited to be on the team, and it's just great to see some guy make a transition to discraft, you know, DJ, all the good plastic. But a conversation we had with him was around basically who is the sponsorship for? Because I think a lot of manufacturers we'll get a player, they'll sign a player and think, great, that player is our marketing leverage, right? That player can put all all the work for us to sell discs. But then what we talked about is actually some manufacturers like Discraft and then Legend Zone specifically, you seem to be putting almost weight in the other direction of how much work can you do for the player. So obviously this is something you do daily. So can you talk a little bit around really that subject, right? How much of responsibility do you have to market a player in your team because it seems like you guys are absolutely grinding to make them look as good as possible
2: you want me to go pete you want to talk yeah do it it? do it yeah so you know it's it's interesting we've we've kind of curated this this team of really unique players um, since i joined uh ledgestone and took over kind of the marketing side i guess it was um early or mid 2021 um the team's changed but one thing that i think's interesting is that we work in a retail business. Obviously we have like the, we'll talk about the the Legstone edition releases later, but obviously we, you know, release all sorts of bags and products and shirts and everything else. Um, And building out something for a player is like a unique privilege that I think, you know, we have where you're taking players who, you know, are cherished by their audience and going, okay, the player's, have a fan base for a reason and there's no reason why we shouldn't you know leverage that and it's it's mutually beneficial we create a marketplace of customers who are fans of what we do for their favorite player and by extension it helps the player because they're having stuff sold and it helps us because we're getting new customers and so it's this unique sort of symbiotic relationship that you know they benefit equally as we do. And so it doesn't seem, I've never felt like, you know, the approach to sponsoring players and providing them with, you know, merchandise and things, it's never felt predatory. I never felt like they were, you know, not getting benefit and we're just taking advantage of, of their ad power. Um, they expect, you know, great work from us and I think we do great work. And, you know, on the uh, contrary, our team is, you know, they grind hard to not just promote. What we sell—that's a part of it—but just promote what Ledgestone is in disc golf, the charity side, the you know industry side, the different facets. Promoting you know what we do with our with our you know secondary teams for the younger players, amateur events—you know everything in between. It, it it works out nicely. I love
1: nice. that, Paul. Uh, well, just just before we we, we get into uh, the other stuff we want to talk about on the podcast. How do you guys manage the demand when it comes to player-specific items?
2: Well, it's interesting. You know, um, this is something uh, that Pete hasn't really had a chance to to work with as much since I'm more on the marketing side, and he's sort of taken a lot of the the work that I used to do on social media, and it sort of freed my plate up to focus on you know the marketing side of things that you're sort of mentioning. That's why I'm taking over a lot of these questions. But um, I think. We we try to respond quickly to buzz. Whether it's you know, somebody posts something and it goes viral and we respond by creating some sort of product. It's it's all contingent on, you know, not necessarily how well the player is playing, but just kind of where the player is in their career. Right now, obviously you had Chris on the last episode. He's our, you know, you know, newest big player and someone who we're working on doing a lot of really cool merchandise and stuff for. Um and the demand there is strictly because he came from a team that didn't do anything like that for him before. And so people are big fans of him and the sort of the Clemente brand, and they're going to, you know, be all over that stuff. And, and so we're putting together items that speak to his fan base, speak to his lifestyle um, things that he's helped us develop and has put a stamp of approval on. And as soon as that stuff comes out and, you know, people eat it up. We'll be on to the next thing because it's not just about promoting and selling. It's about putting things in people's hands that they're proud of. Um, And a lot of the times that has to do with the players that they're big fans of for whatever reason. And it just so happens to be that we kind of have quote niche players on our team that have really dedicated, proud fan bases due to years of playing or philanthropic work or whatever.
0: Awesome. Did you have a, uh, at a meeting when chris joins like guys lemon puns we need lemon puns and how how far can we stretch this okay we got lemonade we're good there's
3: talks of you know we're we we use lemons on a lot of things so we got to be careful on where we use lemons and not to not oversaturate the market
0: the uh the one thing i spoke to chris about last week and i think you guys should jump on it personally is a left-handed disc so branded left-handed <laughs> obviously obviously there's no such thing as a left-handed disc but i just think that'd be quite funny sort of you know like a left hand only not for right-handed players and then sort of a picture of you know, chris throwing the throwing the thumbs up there's, there's there's something to play with there
2: you should have been in the creative meeting we totally would have done that but you know it's one of those things we, there, there's plenty of opportunities going forward but rest assured the discs and the apparel that are dropping do include lemons, a lot yep. of lemons. Sick. But lemon. I think tastefully done lemons. But pick some really cool molds. His his first drop's going to be it's going to be spectacular. I'm really excited.
1: Yeah, Rob found out when doing social for the AM side that a lemon is very close to an orange. It's just a little bit of a hue change.
0: <laughs> and... Well, <laughs> right. there's a there's a spectrum of lemons, right? Because you get quite orangey lemons. But then even if it is a lemon and it it's obviously a lemon. It might read as an orange. Man, that was a that's half an hour of my life. I'm never getting back. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, speaking of drops, um, you guys, as of time of recording, you've dropped the first four discs from Wave One. I'm sure when this episode's published, there'll be a little bit more tease out there. It's currently eight o'clock in the evening for me, so I'm going to open a beer, a little bit of ASMR. There you go. I'm going to sit back and enjoy and listen to some of the uh, the cool stuff that you guys are going to be talking about, but. I'm just going to hand it over to you. Season one, about to drop, Ledgestone 2024. Hit us. What have you got going on?
2: Cool. Um, yeah, I'm going to talk a little bit about sort of the the methodology and ethos behind sort of what we're doing this year. And then I'll throw it over to Pete to kind of give you some specifics as to what the first, you know, sort of installment of releases includes. Uh, you know, for Ledgestone fans... Um, or pretty much anyone who's been involved with buying discraft discs at any point in the past four years, you're well aware of ledgestone wave discs or, you know, the thought of a ledgestone wave, which has sort of been this, um, it's been a sort of controversial term. It became a controversial term over the course of the past three years where, you know, we got this reputation of just like, you know, we would release these waves of discs. we would be like four waves per year. It'd be like 12, you know, 12 discs each wave or 15 discs each wave. And we would just like berate the market with discs. Um, And, you know, it's one of those things where you're kind of trying to ride the fence between providing vendors and retailers with like a a wide array of discs that they can choose from to order. Um, But then by extension, you're kind of, putting a lot of discs into the market, some that people absolutely love and some that people are not really huge fans of. And when I came to work for Ledgestone, I sort of took over um, the creative control of the list that we curate to release each year. Um, and I've talked to players, I've talked to retailers, and I've talked to, to customers. And every year I've tried to kind of hone in on only providing things that people really, really want, um, as well as dropping off things that people maybe don't care for as much, but then they'll kind of be wanting after a few years of not having it like out of production molds, niche things like that. And so for, for 2024, um, Pete and I discussed a lot during the off season on how we wanted to kind of restructure things. Um, And where we landed was the concept of instead of doing waves, we do seasons of discs. Um, The idea of a season versus a wave is that you're, you're curating something that has a theme versus just, Throwing a bunch of random stuff at the market and seeing what happens, and so each season this year we'll have a a cohesive theme, and we've worked with a handful of artists, some new, um, some you know returning familiar faces, uh, to really have a selection of releases with you know super sick artwork, very well designed discs with stamps that follow, like I said, a, a consistent theme, and so I'll let Pete talk about what we're dropping in season one, sort of the idea behind season one uh, and all those things that are going to come out um, a week from tomorrow on the 23rd.
3: Nice Paul. That was nice. Um, One thing I want to do add though, is where that idea did come from. And this was, this is kind of an insight on how Ledgestone just comes up with stuff like this is that last year we, well, I guess two years ago is we used to call the last drop of the season where it would be around the Ledgestone event was called The Drop. And and we never liked that word or that phrasing of The Drop. It just didn't sound creative. And it was like, okay, well, people just don't understand that. And I had this idea of calling it The Finale, which is what we actually called it last year for our, for our Big Drop. And going off of that finale idea, I, we, we just started talking, and we were like, well, what if instead of waves, they were seasons? And then it just kept going further and further into like, Oh, a season of, you know, cinema, which is a, which is a big thing for me and Paul we're, we're big cinema heads. So we, you know, we, we get inspired by that, being creatives, watching movies all the time. Um, Season two would be, or is inspired by music, which obviously also as creatives, we're, we're always listening to music and that's always a big part of our lives. And then, Season 3 is literature which came up
2: I don't Paul when how did we come up with that? Oh we oh, we, we were thinking we, about
3: video games.
2: We thought That's about right. video games. We thought about video games which will be part of the finale this year. Don't worry about that. Um, right. we, we started running into sort of a wall with ideas and so I had the idea of switching it to literature and folklore um, because the ideas came a lot more fluidly and I thought we could yeah, I thought it'd be easier to, to put together a list of of discs based on literature you know that was yeah a little bit more so as as designers
3: we we like to be in touch with pop culture it's a big part of our lives and how we how we create a lot of things and where our creativity comes from so we thought that you know all three of these seasons and then including the video game aspect for the finale would be a perfect way to you know come out with this mass amount of discs that we can put artwork on um but most importantly season one um what do you want to highlight paul do you you think i want to highlight all of them or should i just highlight
2: a few of them i mean at this point we definitely like at at the time of this recording um like rob said we we announced or showcased four of the discs in their entirety um like an hour before recording this okay episode.
0: I, I want to talk about one of them I'm okay step go on. ahead first of all um one thing i think is the psychology Oh, psychology yep. there's the word sure um i think wave i think when i think of wave i think of gears of war you know horde mode things coming at you that you're trying to fight off that sort of you're being attacked by a wave seasons is great because people want the next season talking of films oh when season two when season three so i think from a yeah. and it's youth talk- perspective wave friendly
1: yeah it's, it's talked about in a much more uh the holistic way too arch oh, you remember season one when it was uh you know it had right for me, right now, out of the four discs you guys are released, I'm loving the ESP Challenger with with the Lord of the Rings theme.
2: Yeah. Sorry. That doesn't surprise me um, that that's the one that you mentioned because <clears throat> uh, in talking to consumers during the past, actually three off-seasons of making um, lists, one disc that's always on the uh, sort of the creative floor is the ESP Challenger. I've had a request so many times and it just never makes the final list. I don't know why. Um, and this year I was like, you know what, forget it. We have to do the ESP Challenger. Uh, so yeah, that's one, one of the ones we announced today. Um, Were you not we
0: tempted to do? to do a Lord of the Ringer? Or- <laughs>
2: I hate that I didn't think of that. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, tr- I try not to be like too derivative with stuff. April. You need to be inspired by, which is... Which okay, is-
0: so... The drop today that I've got a problem with. Now it's a beautiful disc. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna start with that. But I am a diehard fan of Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka and Chocolate Factory. I think it's one of the greatest bits of cinema in history. And I try so hard in life to try and forget
2: that the Johnny Depp version exists.
0: <laughs> so I
2: mean that's crazy. I absolutely love Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It's aged so well. Yeah. It was so Not poorly received, it's just it was maligned for its era because it was like one of the first times Hollywood was like, hey, we're going to modernize a classic. It like really was one of the first ones where it was like big blockbuster remake and people were just like, what is this? But if you go back and watch it and just appreciate it for what it is, it is a really weird, good movie. But no, I don't blame you for like going, why isn't it Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka? And I will not be surprised if you're not the first person to give that level of feedback. But there's something about Johnny Depp and those stupid, stupid glasses,
3: yeah,
2: yeah. Scene, um, and then obviously it's just the best reflective surface to have like a massive mushroom cloud on. A hundred percent.
0: It comes to iconography, it's the right. one that you can look at and be like, "That's the Johnny Depp we want." So I get it. You know, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not that yeah. upset, but it's just. Um, I mentioned this on other podcast. Do you know the game where if you think about the game, you've lost the game? Oh, for God's right. sake, Rob! Again, yeah. <laughs> it's like that for me. It's like I don't think about the Johnny Depp Willy Wonka until I see <laughs> Johnny Depp Willy Wonka, <laughs> and I'm annoyed for like five minutes. I'm like, oh, that that, that exists. <laughs> so uh yeah, if I get my hands on that disc, that'll be sort of every time I pull it out, I'll be like, it's the right
2: disc for the shop, but I don't want to think about it. <laughs> I'm fairly certain that I told Andrew to send you one of those. This is this is like two weeks before having this call. I'm pretty sure that's one of the ones I put. I would, would
3: I, I would just say that uh, we should all be happy that we didn't use the Timothy Chalamet <laughs> representation of Wonka because that Timothée. would have been a disaster. <laughs> that would have been bad. I've heard it's good.
2: I've heard I it's have good. heard good things
3: though. I have heard that it's. I heard it's a kids movie, so I'm not entirely sure how to feel about going into
2: the theater and watching that. But
0: very quick uh, tangent. I watched Poor Things. Emma Stone weird as hell but it's great
2: yeah that's the yep. one with uh that's willem dafoe right
0: yeah weird like those points where me and my wife are looking at each other thinking what on earth is going it's, on it's
3: but definitely one of the best movies of 2024 or 2023 <laughs> I, I mean yeah
2: yeah well, what's what's it on where can i watch it before we well it was in theaters yeah oh, it's, it's, a theater. it's oh, okay. still in theaters
0: okay. so there you go cool. um and then the last thing um i want to talk about from what you initially said is Playing with Seasons, playing with themes must be quite relieving as designers because you've got them themes that you can draw inspiration from. Because previous years, you're looking at Waves and you're, you're kind of thinking of every disc as an individual. So yeah. a Reaper, okay, there's Grim Reaper graphics you can do around it and the names of the discs. But then if you want to think of something outside the box, you've then really got to think outside the box. With Seasons, I'm sure you can do this really great brainstorming session where you go, okay jaws et back to the future and you can look at films and draw inspiration from these films it's almost like a set you know reference sheet in front of you where you can actually really break down iconic bits of cinema mm-hmm. to then see if it'd work on a disc or a stamp exactly. right
3: yeah it i i will say specifically for me and i'm kind of new into the stamp design game i've, I've done some previous but um these seasons i've I've started to get my hands in on, on some of the discs. I think a big thing for me as a designer is being able to design something I'm excited about and something that like, I'm really like proud and like, you know, just, just the the excitement of a design really like brings me in and something with like cinema, you know, I, we we don't want to tease too much, but I saw something with the buzz and, and B movie and I, you know, I just thought of that two, those two together, and I was like, "That's, that's going to be an absolutely incredible when stamp." This, when and this goes up,
2: people are going to know. Just we're good. We can divide. Okay, whatever. well,
3: okay. So one of them, one of them, we have an X World Buzz, which is a very, a very loved, beloved plastic yeah. times disc. And, um, I saw the Buzz. I saw the X World. I knew we were doing cinema, and I was like, we would be insane not to do a B movie stamp. Um, and. I just instantly, when I said that out of my mouth, I started working on it. And, you know, it took me an hour. It was done. And it's probably my favorite stamp I've ever done, to be honest. But stuff like that. The
2: the stamps that just make themselves. Yeah. Where it's um, just like
3: you're so excited about it. You need to get it out of your brain and just like instantly on your computer. That's I mean, a lot of these stamps are like that in this season. And that's why I think we're so happy about it.
0: I've right. I've only seen it once. Is that where like he's he stings someone and he's like dying? So they replace it with like a cocktail sword. Yeah, is that, yeah, is yeah. that the bee? oh yeah, brilliant. Yes. brilliant. Right. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. And it's like a bee that falls in love with a woman, right? Or like yep. a grown Jerry adult, Seinfeld a human
3: has <laughs> a bee. And uh, who else is in it? Who, who else has got some voices in there? There's there's some big names in that oh, movie. Phil, but Jerry Phil Seinfeld, there, right? Who is his little friend? Is uh, the skinny one?
2: I can't remember. Is- I'm movie is that either. Chandler
3: from Friends or no? Am I am I crazy? I don't know. I don't know. Either, don't know. either way, uh, Jerry <laughs> Seinfeld is a B. It's
2: all B's to me. I mean,
3: Jerry Seinfeld is a B. I mean, like it's it's an incredible movie, and instantly when I saw that buzz, I was
2: like, yeah, we got it. It was it. a no brainer. As far <laughs> as the no rest worry. of the list goes, um, so when it comes to the the you know building out a list and and hiring artists, that's sort of in my domain and so like when I when the list was finalized when me and Pete finished you know coming up with what discs were going to be in what seasons um, I just started penciling in names and so like Pete has two discs in season one I think I have two or three maybe um, and then we're working again with Brian Allen who's known for his uh, extensive work with Discraft he's the he's the artist who does like the Halloween buzzes every year he does all the full foil stuff for Discraft he's an incredibly talented individual and um, and then Kelly Baber who is sort of the go-to freelance disc golf specific artist in the sport right now he's got He did a lot the of work Carolina Reaper right, yeah, Reaper right right yeah he's got a very specific look um that i'm sure a lot of people like i guarantee uh you know at least a quarter of the listeners of this episode will have a disc that unbeknownst to them has a stamp designed by Kelly Baber um and so, you know, in years past, before I was around and when Nate was managing all this, he would just kind of send the discs to the, the designer and say, hey, look, here's what we're running, do whatever you want. Um, and so you kind of got a mix of like random stamps that almost looked like stock stamps and then other stuff that was like crazy detailed. Uh, and then nowadays, when I finish putting a list together, I immediately start writing prompts for what I want for every disc. And so where it gets interesting is like, after a couple years of working with a lot of our artists, like I know where they excel. And so writing prompts, it's almost like, you know, for anybody who's messed with AI before, like a, like generative AI, where you're writing prompts for a computer to generate some kind of product. You're basically doing that, but with artists. And so if I have a specific look that I know the artist can capture, it's like, well, how can I put that into words to make sure that they give me a product that we're both very satisfied with? Um, It works 90% of the time. Sometimes it doesn't. And you got to kind of reinvent the wheel and kind of clarify some things. Uh, But with, like you said, Rob, you know, having a theme, the prompts are so much more vivid. Like if you're basing off something, you can't
0: go too far off the IP, right? Because you you want to go far enough
2: to where you want to go far enough to where it's you're not like copying
0: No, but Gandalf Gandalf is Gandalf, right? So right, right, pointy hat, big staff, cloak. You don't have to draw Ian McKellen, but you know you can't make him a two-foot ginger dwarf, right? Because that's (laughs) not Gandalf.
2: Right, right. (laughs) And I think we did a really good job. Um, There's some that are much closer to the source material than others. Uh, If you guys, um, obviously you guys saw the announcement post, but like the zombie that we're releasing has the cover from the Necronomicon from Evil Dead. And the Necronomicon is something that's existed across you know, different franchises and across you know, literature. And so I felt very comfortable with just like, just doing a Necronomicon. You're not at fault for like, running into any kind of copyright infringement things like that, which is yeah. you kind of have to play in that area if you're going to be inspired by something. You can't be so close that it's a copy. Yeah. Um, and I think that for my work, for Pete's work, and for the artists that we're working with, I think we're we've done a really good job to make discs that have obvious ties to what they're referencing, but still seem very planted and original. Because was... That's the goal for all of our seasons. Which, as we get into it, you know the the movies are definitely the the most specific because, like, when you reference a movie, people already have an image in their head that they yeah. expect. Right. But for music and for literature, like, it's much more flexible. You can bend things and shape things. Like for music specifically, well, you can reference a specific band or you can reference instruments or you can reference styles of music. Um, and so it's going to, the stamps are going to represent sort of the, or showcase these different seasons in unique ways as we, you know, progress into the year.
1: I was going to say, so perhaps season one and then the finale are probably the, the, the two that are closest to any kind of copyright infringements. How do you guys manage that it's there a hard fast set of rules on on how close uh, an image can be to the source material or is that just by feel and just because you guys have done it so often i wish it were that easy
2: yeah i wish it was well there there
3: there is a there is like a percentage of like something you have to alter to get away from copyright infringement i don't know how they I don't know how they calculate that. I don't know how you would do that. But I know there is copyright lawyers that, you know, they they calculate somehow with that. But it, I mean, it is like how you said, is you know, it's through feel. It's through doing it for so many years and knowing like, hey, this is too on the nose. This isn't, you know, this isn't going to work, whatever. But yeah.
0: Well, there's also parody law, right? So if you say it's a parody, and I think that protects quite a lot. So I'm sure. Right.
2: I know that there's a couple of discs in this that are going to be protected by parody law. Not not in season one, but there's a couple of prompts where I know that parody is going to is going to be on our side there. But um, in general, you know, if in our case, since you're kind of representing something in like a 2D vector format, it's very easy to kind of pull it away from from something that's unless you're representing a logo or like mm. a or like a font mark or like a, a word mark or right. something. It's hard to represent characters in that format and have it break copyright law, especially with the way we've done it. It's 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 very inspired by not copied from or derived from.
0: Awesome. Well, I I personally can't wait to get my hands on the discs that are being sent. You know, Willy Wonka or no Willy Wonka. I'm going to (laughs) be throwing that thing because it's going to be it's going to be fun. Um so obviously, uh, Wave One. Uh, do we have the exact date when that's dropping?
2: Dropping like a season one, get? Season, season one. Rob.
1: Season one. Oh season one
2: now. Yeah. See, I'm tuned to it. Yeah. I, I didn't even catch it. You said it. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone does it. Yeah. Season one. So
1: 20,
0: 23rd of Feb. Um, this should be this will be live by then. So you know, people can set their calendars, set their watches, go grab them, and obviously follow Edstone on social media because it's almost like a. Do you have half terms in America? What do you call school breaks? Is it half terms? Just
2: summer and but, summer break yeah. and winter break.
0: Do you not have like little weeks in between? Spring nope. break, fall break. Oh, oh we, well, well, break. we're clearly we're very lucky. We're very we lucky in the break. UK. We got, we got um, but it's like half term in the UK. There seems to be one every every week seems to be half term, and it sort of seems <laughs> that time moves so quickly. Every week seems to be the next
2: next season. So yeah, oh yeah. <laughs>
0: you know the year's going to go pretty pretty darn quick. And um, yeah, there's always a bit of spice people can pick up now. Just very quickly, because I know you're uh, you're on, you're a busy man. Uh, from the last episode, one of the busiest guys in in the sport, <laughs> and Pete, I'm sure you are exactly the same. <laughs> Obviously, legstone isn't just discs. Um, you guys are, I mean, you're running worlds this year. That's a pretty big deal. But you've got uh, you've got Ledgestone again this year, which is being restricted to just Northwoods, if I'm correct, or is it opposite, just Eureka ju- Champions Cup, just Eureka yeah. Champions
2: yep. Cup will be at, at Northwood Park. Champions
0: Cups in Northwoods, uh, legstone's just Eureka. You've got yep. Deglow, like you've yep. got. So many events oh this year.
2: Goodness. Is there anything you can expect? Amnats. Yep. We're doing Amnats this here. Yep. So that's
1: five high-profile tournaments as well yeah, as it's five. The, the jobs yep. you were doing too, right? Which,
3: which is, Well, what? Yeah. Three majors? Three majors and then Diglo and Ledgestone, right? Three majors. Because Amnats, 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 Champions Cup Worlds. Champions Cup and
2: Worlds. Oh, yeah. Three. Wow. And
3: Ledgestone, Ledgestone's an Elite Plus. Is Diglo Elite Plus? Diglo is not Elite Plus. Okay. So Ledgestone, Elite Plus, and then Diglo which is just a massive... Uh, pro tour event
0: so yeah with champions cup being on paul's, paul's wedding day right yes <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> which, uh, oh, yeah which is, is is wonderful uh Ledgestone is on my wife's 30th so you know I'll, i've already messaged uh, paul and said can we speak to the guys over at the pro tour <laughs> to, yeah let, let's get to move some things around they, they don't right. realize what yep. they're doing to us
2: <laughs> yeah it's, it's gonna it's gonna be a busy season but hey i'm i'm super excited like you said once uh basically once we get to next week me and pete are heading to florida on sunday um for the florida open or excuse me chess.com invitational <laughs> which you know we'll be down there to capture a bunch of content and you know ahead of uh season one drop that on friday and basically from the from the moment we get back it's like non-stop either traveling to events doing promo and then obviously we get to the summer it's that's when the events crank up and mm. you know it, and playing events is- and you're playing events.
3: This guy Memorial. Sure. I got memorial right after chess.com. So I got oh, I go chess.com, cute. fly back, He's
0: and then What the uh, what was the comment on YouTube? The human sprinkler system, right? That yeah, there, that's man. what they called it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> they just it, I think it just said this green guy is a sprinkler system. <laughs> like, you got
0: you are playing to that. That's that's back of the shirt material right now. Dude, I don't play well
3: in the rain, man. I'm not a rain guy. You're the sprinkler. It's what are you in, talking uh, about? I
2: don't know it's raining
0: in Arizona <laughs> in the first place. <laughs> oh, I absolutely love it.
2: Um, and then I
0: don't know if it's top secret. You keep teasing it, but obviously um, the Legend of Players Pack, you've mentioned on Instagram that it's available. Even if you're not playing, you can pick up the Legend of Players Pack. There seems to be, from the tease, a custom bag which holds <laughs> shoes as well as discs. <laughs> it's... Is there anything you say about that, or is that tight-lipped secrets? No, it's that... it's,
2: it's 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 tight-lipped for the moment. Um, Grip is still working on some things on their end, and so until they're comfortable with everything being finalized from them, um, then we we've 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 told people everything we're permitted to tell. Which uh, I'll just say it for the intents of the call. Um, it's a bag that its retail price will be one ninety nine ninety nine, and it's a bag designed for disc golfers who travel so it's a unique take it's going to be a fun bag it's a unique product um i haven't seen or held a a, one of these bags but i've seen their sort of initial promotional photos that they put together and it's it's something to be excited about i know i am personally so
0: just as long as you don't stack them more than five high at a time (laughs) you'll you'll be okay no no comment (laughs) no no comment (laughs) Let's move on, move on, inside joke. That's
1: a very, that's a very niche inside joke.
0: <laughs> well, guys, uh, like I said, super busy. It's been awesome having you on to talk about what is going to be, let's just say, you know, the best season of Legit yet. Um, yet. I said season. Hey, well, yeah, yeah, there you go. Season, seasons of seasons. Um, like uh, we've already mentioned on the podcast that myself, Bubba, and Dale are on the media team. We're super grateful to be part of that team. So as soon as those discs are in our hands, all of our listeners can expect to see videos, content, you know, showing off that spicy plastic. But is there anything else? You know, normally we say this is the point where you plug sponsors, social media. I think people know that you're Ledgestone. I don't think... but You do have some personal Instagram. I don't know if you want to give those a shout out. I think last time we actually tried to get you to lose followers, Paul, so... <laughs> yeah,
2: which, I mean, it, since since the recording of that... I probably lost an additional 300 followers from just not using Instagram um, outside of Ledgestone, which is, I'm not complaining. I, I, I've i done my time in the freelance content creator game. I don't have to worry about it anymore.
0: Awesome. Plug you, mine. You, you do some pretty cool
2: stuff. Yeah, you, yeah. you can Paul, plug, plug, it. plug mine. Plg.dg. <laughs> Go follow Peter Green. I mean, I if, you, if you really Frisbee's. want to follow me at t Box Disc Golf, just don't expect to see much content cause <laughs> I'm, too yeah, busy, too much. I'm too busy, guys. too busy. Yeah. PLG.DG. Dot PLG, dot DG. I throw PLG Practice. Follow PLG. Spam PLG Practice. He won't PLG let you, dot you.
3: DG. PLG.DG. Uh, if you guys like forehands, I don't do any tutorials. I won't tell you how to do it, but you can watch me do it and just be an awe. And that's all we're going to say.
0: Soon to be outdated to at underscore human sprinkler system. Um, we'll we're, 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 we're lobby the change. <laughs>
1: Well, guys, P-L-G you. dot sprinkler. Let's go. Sprinkler.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for coming on. Um, thank you so much for yes. coming on. Um, that's the right way to say that sentence. Um, there you go. Well, thanks so much for coming on. We are extremely grateful for your time. I'm sure this won't be the last time we speak to you this season. Um, it's just the first of many. But until then, we'll catch you guys later. Sounds yeah, good. thanks for having us. See you guys. There you go. Pete and Paul, the double P's, you know, they're busy. They had to run off. So we're going to do the outro solo. But um, yeah, awesome guys. Like I yeah. said a million times. Pleasure to hang out with them and meet them properly face-to-face last year. And yeah, it's just the Legstone relationship with the Amside is just one we want to continue to build. And it, it's a cool company to be linked in with.
1: You guys really nurtured that relationship. And I just didn't realize just how busy Paul Johnson, aka Tubes, is not only is he managing everything with Legstone and three majors and two Elite events. But he also does quite a lot of stuff with Discraft too. So that, that man is insanely busy and we're so grateful for both him and Pete's time. But I get to intro my favourite piece of every single week and that's Dale's Thought of the Week. Take it away, Dale. What's up, everyone? Dale's Thought of the Week this week. Now, I'm coming to you today with my thought about uh, Disc Golf Network's decision to sort of bring in this free tier a uh, subscription service. So there's different price for points. You get different things at different points. Boys, do you think our sport is ready to start, you know, giving people the decision of what what sort of content they want to view? In my mind, I think we had a really simple, you know, one price, got it 50% off of your PDGA, um, but we had one price. And I don't know. I don't know if our sport is ready for a, a pro subscription just just yet. Um, but you two might think differently. Uh, my thought is that we're not quite there um you know we need we still need to build on this and, and get some bigger sponsors um but yeah be interested to see your thoughts
0: Oof! there you go dale uh he's not he's not scared to hold punches <laughs> you know he's going out every week he's going after someone this week it's uh disc Golf network or is he is he going after them now it's an interesting topic of conversation one that i haven't read in too much detail about so you know i'm going to sort of My opinion is going to be on the outside skirts of the topic. Um, So my thing... Okay, pricing, tiers. My whole opinion on this is barrier to entry. Um, So as long as they're not making it harder for anyone that is interested in the sport to gain access to the sport, they can kind of do what they want around that. That is my main concern, is don't put disc golf behind a paywall because... We are currently and I'm sure as someone that works in disc golf, I'm sure you won't mind saying we've seen a decline in the sport in terms of, you know, since COVID. Now, I've got a very sort of interesting take on this. Well, I think it's interesting, which is even if the sort of the needles moved back since the peak during sort of the COVID eras, as long as the it's higher than it was before COVID, then we're moving in the right direction. We're yeah. just we're just sort of being shaken up by seeing these huge spikes in the industry. But you know what, if it's settled higher than it was pre-2020, it means there's still growth there. So we can look at positives. Anyway, um, yeah, but my whole thing is in a time where we're seeing it harder to get people into the sport because people aren't working from home or have a lot of free time, to out-of-time activities, it's important that we reduce that barrier to entry as much as possible. So as long as they're not doing that, then really they can knock themselves out with no
1: they can sit down and watch some disc golf up. Um, and i i couldn't i couldn't agree with you more in regards to the, you know the, the, the growth side of things um we've seen figures get back to roughly about the same to before covid and of course with with covid everyone was 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 in the need of something to do outside and and disc golf took that place very very well and even if yourself, you know, you've taken back up lacrosse, and we're going to see that with a lot of people, taking back up rugby, uh, you know, ultimate, hockey, whatever they want to do. That Generally, is, everything's open now. So, you know, we're going to see people kind of disperse away from disc golf. But it's still in a good place. It's still doing pretty well. Um, and it's certainly not declined since before COVID. Uh, that's from what I can see. Uh, but with the DGPT stuff, bring it back on topic. Um the product we had last year was a paid-for product. That was a barrier to entry for sure. And depending on how you're looking at this new product, it does open it up for everyone. There's a free tier here. You can get onto the app. You can watch Discord for free. It might not be every single event, and it might not be every single round. But it gives you a little taste, and that's the exciting thing. Like if if, if you want to go watch round one away go, house kick your socks off, get it done. Um, and then if you de- if you are a pj member. It's still only like five quid a month. Why wouldn't you do that to see everything? And the pro tier only adds on things that we didn't have already, which which I'm a big fan of. I think it isn't a barrier to entry, and I, I think it's a very very good move from the P, uh, from the TGPT. Um, and I, I think they're doing great things right now with you know the move to Europe and everything else. There are a few events that are and have always been uh, gate kept behind uh, kind of the paywall. So in the middle tier. European Open and USDGC aren't part of that, the live coverage. It's only on the pro tier version. But unlike last year, you don't have to pay an extra amount on top of your monthly. You just pay for pro tier and then you're fine. So I think it's still a good move and I think they're going to do a lot more cool things like live ad-free coverage on the pro tier. That's really cool. I don't want to sit through ads. And they've been able to do that. On on every tier as well, they've got On Demand, Rewind and Reset. So if you want to, if you need, to really quickly bash out a toilet trip just pause it you can come back you can sit through that and then you know you can get coverage going through um i don't really have any questions about it right now this is only released this week this is very very fresh information to us so i've not really had time to digest comments from the insanely smart community and everything else but i'm sure there's some points of view that can be very very interesting we might bring to you next
0: week well we've seen a lot of um we've seen a lot of changes um you know people buying companies etc this year is going to be the year that we see these changes happen how they go play mainly obviously you disc not being a part of the pro tour and oh, their own goodness. system coming in so there's so much happening this year which yeah. i'm sure we'll be talking about throughout the season so just you know this is just the start this is our initial thoughts um but a great thought from dale mm. very quickly before we leave you guys to Get on with whatever you do after listening to The Am Side. If you listen to it straight away, then tough luck. You've got a whole week to wait until another episode. If you're listening to Midweek, there's another one coming. Do not worry. Um, Yeah, we have got some awesome supporters. Obviously, this was very Ledgestone heavy, this episode. Um, So I'm not going to talk too much about them, but they've got some awesome stuff coming. Follow them on Instagram, and you can go to ShotLedgestone to pick up those those seasons, not waves, when they come about. Of course, uh, DJ Disc Golf. DJ is... huge supporter of the show we've got some great announcements news partnerships collabs whatever you want to call them coming with dj this year but for now all you have to do is go to discgolf.com and pick yourself up some fantastic plastic and they've still got the deals on those baskets those reduced prices so make sure to go check them out use our code amside to get 10 percent off your order you will not be disappointed because who's disappointed with saving some money and then lastly, of course, we have got Ace Disc Golf. The reason we can have four people from different parts of the country and different parts of the world on one podcast and hopefully be nice and crystal clear and get to see each other's beautiful faces is thanks to Ace and the uh, the continued support they give with supporting our, our tech and our software our microphones, all of the stuff that makes a podcast possible. So a huge thank you to Ace. Uh, you've just celebrated your fifth birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> I hope you have a cake and uh, celebrated the way everyone should celebrate.
1: Thank you so much, man. It is insane. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who's shown support to Ace in the last five years. It's been incredible. I'm living my dream and you guys are helping me do it. Thank you very, very much.
0: Awesome. Well, obviously there's only one way we can end the podcast. So, Baba. bye What do you have to say, man?
1: Hey, if nobody's told you today, you're special and we love you.
0: Awesome. And for me, if you don't see me on the course, I'll see you on the side.